welcome to Beef and Forage Roundup with host Chantal McRae. This podcast is a production of Manitoba Beef and Forage Initiatives, created to share information with farmers, producers, and agriculture enthusiasts to showcase the important work that is happening at MBFI. Our podcasts drop on the first and third Wednesday each month. We will be sharing information through interviews with General Manager Mary Jane Orr, project leads for various projects, MBFI team members, speakers from our extension events, industry leaders, and industry suppliers. This podcast will dig deep into on-farm research and field testing practices related to beef cattle and forage production and efficiency and sustainability of practice in the agricultural industry in Manitoba. We will be sharing information on upcoming training and workshops, field and farm demonstration tours, education materials and events at MBFI, as well as producer profiles from around the province, and information on their own trials, challenges, innovation, and results. We encourage you to browse our social media accounts and website for links to more information on projects, upcoming events, and important deadlines. Information on our social accounts and website can be found following the show and in the show notes. As always, we encourage you to email us if you have feedback, questions, or topic suggestions for the show at information at mbfi.ca. Brenna is currently the General Manager of Keystone Agricultural Producers. Brenna is focused on building a strong primary agriculture advocacy capacity in Manitoba by ensuring communications and outreach are at the foundation of all organizational efforts. Brenna has contributed to and built national coalitions and partnerships focused on advancing the Canadian brand, farm practices, and market access, public trust, grain nutrition and health, and sustainability. She holds a bachelor's degree in human ecology with a major in clothing and textiles or textile sciences from the University of Manitoba. After working in her field, she pursued her certification in human resource management from Red River College. She has significant experience working in project management, communications, and census building. Brenna has a passion for agriculture and working with the members of the entire value chain to ensure positive collaboration from all aspects of the Canadian agricultural industry. Moray grew up in England and immigrated to Manitoba in 2004. She's a qualified workplace safety and health professional and has specialized in agricultural safety for over 25 years. Moray has also owned her own farms for much of her adult life, so she understands the challenges of matching the practical day-to-day running of agricultural operations with implementing expected health and safety standards. She currently works for Keystone Agricultural Producers as the Farm Safety Consultant for Farm Safe Manitoba. On today's episode, we are highlighting farm safety. Annually, the third week of March is Canadian Agricultural Safety Week. For this year, that was March 12th to 18th. Today, we have guests Brenna and Morig from Keystone Egg Producers, who will be sharing information on the Farm Safe Manitoba program. Welcome to the podcast today, Brenna and Morig, and thank you for joining me. Oh, thank you so much for having us. You're very welcome. So before we get into all things farm safety, I have a couple of questions that I want each of you to answer. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your history in agriculture, as well as what drew you to working in farm safety? Okay, thank you. Yeah, so my name's Morag. I'm the farm safety consultant with Farm Safe Manitoba. Most of my adult life, I've owned and operated my own farms. So Back in England, my husband and I had a typical hill livestock farm with 100 head of breeding cattle and 500 breeding sheep. In 2004, we moved across to Manitoba and were doing 1,500 acres of grain and still had about 100 cow-calf pairs. 
Unfortunately, my husband passed away, so I now consider myself a hobby farmer. I still have a few cow-calf pairs around. But for much of my life, I've also worked as a health and safety consultant. So I used to work across all industries. And then an opportunity arose back in England to specialize in agriculture. I was really lucky when we moved over here that I could continue in that career. It just combines my passion for farming and my deep devotion to improving health and safety for farmers. That's so wonderful. It is. And Morag is so passionate and it's contagious. And so my background is actually not in agriculture at all. Um, it's in textile sciences and then human resource management. I only started working in agriculture about six years ago. I worked for an organization called Cereals Canada, which is a national organization that deals with policy and uh, other outreach uh, on behalf of the agriculture cereal sector. I then started at Keystone Ag Producers 18 months ago. And that's really where I started in farm safety. So farm safety was a program that Keystone Agricultural Producers had, and we are the administrator of that program. And I think I dove right in, Morag. Yep, you did. <laughs> yeah. And so we were able to, through that process of Morag onboarding me to the program priorities, dig right in. And especially with my background in HR, I definitely recognize the value of having a safe environment. It's so important for our farmers, for their employees, for their families to have that as part of their North Star of their operation and managing risk. So this is a really exciting time for us to be talking about this program and to be talking about the value to Manitoba producers. That's fantastic. And I'm so glad that both of you are here. I think a lot of the time on the farm, because you often are farming with family, and whether you have employees or not, sometimes that safety piece can be overlooked because you are farming with dad and you've always farmed with dad or you brought your cousin in, but you guys really haven't talked about farm safety. So I think this is going to be a really great conversation for all of our listeners to get that safety aspect as well. So Brenna, I have a few questions for you first, but Morag, please jump in wherever you would like to. How is Keystone Egg Producers involved in farm safety? So that's a really great question. You know, it's been a bit of a journey for us. The program has been in existence for many years. We took it over, I think it was seven years ago. Is that correct, Morag? Yes. That was before my time. And we had operated it since then, so we're the administrator of it. And why that's important is that farmers really need to be leading this conversation. And so to back up a bit, the role of Keystone Ag Producers is to be that Manitoba voice that for farmers at tables with government and programs and other things. And where we have opportunities to manage programs of extension out to producers ourselves, it's a natural fit that it would be at CAP. That way we are actually working with the farmer all through the process. And we'll talk about this a little bit later on, but we have a farm safety council that has partners from all across the province, including hydro and, and other safety partners. But most importantly, we have farmers at the table. And I think that's a really critical piece that we don't want to leave out. That's why CAP has this program is farmers being at the table is important for the program's success. I would agree that you really need to have the people that you're, you're speaking to as part of that as well. Tell me about what Farm Safe Manitoba is and how this initiative got started. The Farm Safe Manitoba program has gone through a couple iterations and more I can even speak to that a little bit too. You know, we've done a real, a full rebrand just this past year Been really trying to align with other national partners. Farmers talk. So whether they be in Manitoba or Saskatchewan, Alberta, or the UK, 
They're all interconnected. The ag community is big but small. And so we wanted to make sure that we were hitting the right note, that we were sharing similar common messages. And so we went through a whole rebrand this past year, and we're now Farm Safe Manitoba. That is all facilitated through CAP. But like I mentioned, with the partnership of our Farm Safety Council. And really, this program, what the essence of it is, it's to build awareness, it's to educate, provide resources and tools for farmers. And ultimately, it's their program. This is to help them mitigate risk on their farm. And when we talk about risk, there's a lot of implications if there is an incident on your operation that farmers might not be aware of. And that's not to scare them. You know, farmers, they just want to know how to fix it. And I think that that's where we've really pivoted this program is to figure out, let's get to the root of this, you know, separate the wheat from the chaff. They don't need fuzzy things. What they want is something real, something tangible that helps them answer a question. They wear many hats and being a safety advisor for themselves is not one of those things that they might have in their toolbox. So we want to give them the resources and tools that allow for that take the pressure off them and ultimately solve any risk or problem they may have on their operation. Mike, did you have anything that you wanted to add to that about what the program was like prior to this new branding? Yeah, um, back historically, the Workplace Safety and Health Government Division used to provide agricultural specific help and assistance to producers But the province made a move away from the officers providing that advice to any industry and really sought out partners across commodities to look for somebody else who could provide that advice to leave their officers to do the enforcement side of things. So CAP took it on really, as Brenna said, because they're so heavily involved with farmers, it was a natural fit. And the change recently, I agree with everything Brenna said, it was just time to really take stock of what we were offering, rebrand it in a way that farmers will find appealing. Um, Yeah, I think that's all I can really add. As someone who does farm, I know I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say, because I hadn't really thought about that either. The repercussions of what happens if your employees get hurt on the farm or if there is an accident and kind of what that looks like and what the process looks like. So I think there's going to be lots to learn here. What are the goals and missions of the program? So our goal is really to speak with and support Manitoba farmers. I think that I consider our North Star with a focus on increasing their safety awareness and help them both follow the law and to implement best practices when it comes to safety. You know, I think something that is really recognized in this Safety is much like other aspects of agriculture. There's a lot of associations. There's a lot of organizations. And a big question farmers have is, who can I trust? You know, who can I rely on? And I think that's when we talk about an additional goal is whether they be here or in Saskatchewan, that Manitoba, you know, safety is something that other provinces can look to and that the Farm Safe Manitoba program has resources that could be potentially transferable to farmers who are talking to each other, for example, we want things that are real and tangible. So, you know, working with the different commodity associations, working with the fellow safety associations, not duplicating each other, making sure we're leveraging one another's resources, you know, that's also a part of this goal. And ultimately, we want to reduce accidents, you know, we want to reduce fatalities. And, you know, that comes down to how the farmer implements our tools. It's a big mandate. 
there's a lot of producers, there's a lot of different kinds of operations, but ultimately there's so many commonalities, especially when we look at the legislation and the technical side of it, but also to the implementation, right? A lot of farms, especially the family farm is still living strong here in the province. You know, they're not gonna have a lot of resources. They're not gonna have a lot of staff and they need things at the ready that they can implement without having a staff person to manage this on their operation. So yet again, the goal is to make this real, tangible, accessible, and ultimately that it's something that will be recognized and trusted for information that will support their operations. And I didn't have this in the questions, and it's kind of a, I don't know, a dark topic, I guess, to maybe bring up, but do you have any stats on the number of accidents or fatalities on Manitoba farms on an annual basis or know kind of what that number looks like? Morag will be able to definitely add some more information to this. This is a global issue when it comes to safety with agriculture. A lot of times, because it happens on people's own property and, and own operation, they're not willing to disclose if there is an incident, what it was specifically related to. They say, oh, I just got injured at home, right? So that's not going to be registered as a farm safety incident. Where we normally get the stats is if somebody, there's been a fatality and it's very clear and there's an investigation that might take place into why this happened. Was it like an equipment issue or what was the problem? That's where we get a lot of the stats from. But I think that it is a dark question, but I think it's an important question because there are real people behind these accidents. Our listeners today will probably be able to relate to this. Those close calls, right? Like, oh, that was a close call. Yeah. And I used to work the trade show circuit. I used to go to lots of trade shows all across Canada. I would talk to thousands of producers a day. And it was my favorite part of my job because they all come with a different story, a different message, but they also all came, not all, but a lot of them came with different injuries, mm -hmm. you know, missing a couple of fingers or, you know, and those are kind of the, the stories that they tell about, oh, that was a close call or, you know, I could have lost my whole hand, but only lost a finger. There are battle scars out there that indicate that there are definitely a lot of incidences that take place that are probably not being captured. So more, I, maybe you can add some color here. Yeah, so I, I would reiterate what Brenna said. It's incredibly difficult to find accurate statistics. Um, mm -hmm. There is no means really of collecting everything. But from what I can learn from statistics that are collated, from media reports, and from the farmer conversations, all of my, my friends, as well as the people I work with, are from the farming industry. And as Brenna said, people share stories amongst their counterparts. They don't necessarily share them with officials. And unfortunately, I don't see those numbers changing over the years. And they are all real people. So I never worry too much whether I've heard about one fatality or five. It's still a person. It, matters but i haven't and the people that do try and collate statistics haven't seen a change either unfortunately so we know there's a lot happening out there but i don't think anybody knows exactly what those numbers are and i just want to add something to that as well morag there's a lot of shame involved in it mm -hmm. um, there's a very significant mental health implication to injuries or incidences on farms there are definitely producers that if they've been involved in a rollover or, you know, skip the step on the ladder that they've skipped that step for 30 years. And that one time they fell off and, you know, they got run over by another vehicle, for example, 
there's a lot of shame and guilt of like, why now I've done this for 30 years. You know, well, that was stupid of me or yeah, I removed my guard, but I've had my guard removed for 25 years. Why today? When we talk about the numbers and, you know, farmer wellness is such a critical part of what we do at CAP. Uh, we partner a lot on that, but it also plays a role in farm safety because there is this mental health component and shame that is related to, to sharing that story, for example, or when they go to a healthcare professional to talk about that issue. And there are organizations out there. The Farmers with Disabilities is a national organization that specializes with setting up farmers who have been injured on farm to talk to other farmers who have been injured to help them through that process. So I think that that's just a really important thing to talk about you know, there are numbers, there are stats, but we know it is much larger. And a big barrier is the shame or the feeling of maybe I'm not able to do this anymore. I don't want to tell anybody that. I had a really interesting conversation with Kim Moffat not that long ago. And I couldn't believe some of the statistics that they had on their website mm-hmm. with, with their program. Just the number of farmers who are struggling with mental health is is staggering. And this definitely would play into that. I can see how that would be a big part of it. Well, and this is a really good way to think about it as well, is that if you're not focused, if you're not feeling your best, you're not going to pay attention to everything. You know, I know when I have my blue days, you know, I'll forget my phone, leave it behind or almost get in a car accident because I'm thinking about something and it's a distraction, right? When you're focused on other things, it's hard to pay attention to what's in front of you. And that's going to be part of our messaging going forward and is a part of what we're doing now is that it's okay if something's happened and we need to talk about it and we need to be able to help prevent this going forward. And if you talk to the farmers with disabilities, that's one of the number one things that they say about why they put themselves out there to talk about their injuries. They say, I just wish that someone had told me that this is real and this could happen. And that I, if they can do something now to prevent it, that 10 seconds, just stop and think, you know, taking that break, that's all critical to just having that moment to think before you do. Yeah, I would agree. It's so hard to focus when your head isn't in your game. Yeah. What are the four building blocks of Farm Safe Manitoba? Really appreciate the question because, you know, I think one of the things that Morag and I and the team at CAP and our other fellow safety partners talked about is how do we break this down into tangible bites? You know, a lot of producers and farmers will say, you know, this is a lot of information. You know, where do I start? Well, we kind of like to look at it, and this is one of Morag's terms as a carousel. You just hop onto safety wherever you are. You know, maybe you've had an inspection and you got a notice about guarding. That's where you're starting in farm safety. Maybe you went to a conference or, you know, was on a CAP webinar and learned about safety. Maybe that's your first part of hopping on the carousel. So we have broken it down into four parts. Be farm safety aware. And it is really as simple as just knowing, hey, safety is a factor on my farm. It's not something that's a guarantee. It's not something that is like my farm's 100% safe. You have to be aware that safety is a culture. Safety takes time. Safety takes investment. And those are all part of that. Just be aware that safety is a consideration for your business. Follow the law. That one's a little bit trickier. And I think especially when we look at the oversight farmers feel from government, that's where we're going to get a lot of sensitivities around. There's a lot here. And 
that's why we're trying to break it down and make it very clear, very simple, and very applicable to that to that operator. Prepare to be farm safe. You know, I look at, I used to run a grocery store. You have to think about, you know, customers coming in and slipping on the floor. We had to have checklists. We had to have signs. You know, we have to have notices of when did you go last mop up the front step? Where are the signs? We have the right signage. You know, it's a process and you need to prepare. And I think having those checklists at the ready and having the system in place that's the program that we're building out right now with our resources and tools. They're not posted yet. They are coming soon, but we want to make sure that we have producers who review them and are part of that farm safety council that are like, yeah, this is good to go. There's a lot of materials. We're building a strong package that will be implementable. So that prepare to be farm safe, then sustain safety on your farm. That's the fourth pillar. And that's about one of the, and more, you know, you can definitely add some color here too. One of the frustrations, I think, with producers regarding safety they have is that it's a lot of work and it can cost dollars, especially if there's infrastructure that's needed. I think it's about taking things one bite at a time. How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? So it's about sustaining that for the long term. It's not that you just do it once and it's done. It's about doing it incrementally. So maybe you know that you have an issue with containment or you have issue with a piece of equipment you know maybe you can't afford to deal with that this year but how are you going to plan for it for next year and i think that's where this isn't meant to be punitive this is where the trust that cap has and morag has with producers relating to safety so morag you can talk about your role a bit but going out on farm having confidential confident conversations with producers around their operation it is about that long, it's about the long game, the infinite game. It's not about you have to do it today. It's about let's just start the building blocks to get you there. And we're going to dive in a whole bunch more on that in just a few minutes. That did bring up a question for me though. So with those resources, I'm really glad you brought that up as far as the package that you guys are working on creating. Is that something that will be able to be edited to specific farms so that farmers can kind of take that general package and then use that in order to make their own checklists or their own step-by-step instructions on how to do things on the farm so that it will be done safely? Yeah, I think that that's actually really great. A lot of them will be editable. We are actually even looking at creating an app that is part of our long game is what more can we do? A lot of times producers also don't have the right internet infrastructure to access things. So how can we have something that's downloadable at a one-time um, it updates when you're in a Wi-Fi and that when you're out in the field or when you're out, you know, in the barn, you actually can look at your list. So definitely we want editable. But one thing that's really neat, and I think that this is what's so great about the local presence of this program. You know, we're here to help these individual producers. As CAP, our responsibility is to work with those individuals. And we have a full-time farm safety consultant that can come and work with you. If there's something that's needed specifically for that farm that goes off the, the current document that we have, we can actually customize and create something for that producer. You know, I think that's a really cool aspect of this is that this isn't just a one size fits all. We're going to create some general materials that I think will, you know, be a large swath of the producers. But ultimately, every operation is different. Every producer is different. And everyone's gotten on at the carousel at a different time. So we have the ability to create something specific for that producer. And actually what's also great about it, 
we can make decisions today through our Farm Safety Council and as a team and say, hey, maybe we need to come up with something. We're getting a lot of questions about this. We're adaptive to, to the current needs of the producer. Maura, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I would just share on the customizable. I mean, it's, it's, it's a good question because when I know we're going to delve into legislation a little bit more, but every safety document they have needs to be individual to their own operation. So it is always key. And as Brenna said, you know, I spend a lot of time helping people do that customizing of things because they maybe don't have the skill set to do that for themselves. If they don't know what a safety document should look like, they're going to need some help. And just handing out blanket templates is one way, but it doesn't usually achieve quite what we need. And my experience with farmers is they want it relevant to them. And the minute they see something that's not relevant, then they're not interested in any of it. So, um, yeah, we, we try and make it as specific as we can. That's fantastic. I was just thinking that my career was in management of childcare facilities, and I don't know of many other industries that wouldn't come with that training and those tools ahead of time, right? Before you even step into that management position where farmers often either they are first generation farmers and they're just kind of in that position where they take over from family. And there's definitely some training that happens along the way, but if you're not willing to go to an event or seek out that information online or listen to podcasts or whatever kind of information you're going to find. It's not something that is a prerequisite to managing a farm in the same way that it is a lot of other industries. I think it's actually, and just to build off that, you're so right in that. I think a lot of what happens with farmers is that there'll be an incident and then they're kind of forced to look at it. And it's not because farmers are being negligent. What it is, is that they're so incredibly busy. They're so busy. To stop and think and plan for this is another layer that a lot of their business operations, because these are professional business owners, they just, they don't have the resources to do it. And I think that that's where when Morag talks about if it's not geared towards them or they see something that's not relevant, they're like, oh, this isn't for me. Okay, I'm just going to move on from this. You know, and it's just because they're so busy. Yeah. And that's really where we, when we go back to that resource question, that's why we have to be adaptive and we have to work with those producers to make it fit for them. We want this to be simple. We want this to be at least something that they can start and feel comfortable with and feel supported and uh, that they can trust what they're getting from the package and, and all of that. That's, I think, a critical part of that conversation. You kind of segued perfectly into my next question, and you've alluded to this a little bit already, but what resources are available to producers through FarmSafe Manitoba, and what new resources are you looking forward to offering? So currently our main resource is actually Morag. So Morag is our shining star, and she will come out and meet with you on your farm. Even if you're not comfortable with that, she'll come and meet you at a coffee shop and talk to you or have a phone call talk to you about what she does or what to expect. That has been our main resource. What we're building out right now is what we already have alluded to, which is creating these packages. And they were, we're very close. We're hoping to launch this in the new year to actually have the downloadable forms at the ready for them. And if they go to the website today, which is farmsafemanitoba.ca, no spaces or anything like that in between, 
they'll see there's no resources there yet, but there's a listing of what's coming. Mm -hmm. So they can kind of think about, oh, this is what's available. Perfect. And we will link that website link right into the show notes so that if there are listeners who are looking for it and didn't catch it, they can go to the show notes and they can go to it from there. This question kind of popped up for me a little while ago and I wrote it down. Do you have or are you going to have any children's programming or resources, both from that perspective of my child is coming to work with me on the farm, how do I keep them safe? And for children, as far as I'm on the farm, what do I need to be thinking about and what do I need to be looking at that's at their developmental level? Morag, why don't you take this one? Because this is something that you are working on. The best way I can can answer it really, as opposed to us providing some specific information is farms that I do and have worked with in the past, when there are children on the farm, that is often something that we are talking about. And just looking really at ways that people can create safer situations. So an example I could give you would be that not everybody thinks about is those farms that do have hired workers may not realize when the owner's children are home from school. And so we see a lot of near misses where truck drivers are coming flying in. They don't realize the small children. So we talk a lot about things like safe spaces for children which tasks are appropriate for children. And I totally believe in the whole, they're gonna grow up with a great work ethic and we want to involve them. But there are things that children shouldn't be doing. There are plenty of jobs on a farm that children can be involved in. So yeah, as part of my ongoing work, certainly children is part of the conversation. It's really great to talk about how children play a role on the farm and these are family operations. And we recognize here in the province of Manitoba, throughout Canada and globally, there are child injuries and fatalities. And we in Manitoba are not immune from that. And there have already been incidences this year of child fatalities. And it's like, you know, we talked about already, it's just the simple things that can happen where they're behind a a tractor or they're on a off-road vehicle with their parent and fall off, um, that would be still considered an on-farm accident. So it is a really great part of this conversation. And we're working with other people through our Farm Safety Council, or Workers for Tomorrow, I think is one of them, which I think is an important part of the pillar of safety for our province. And did you say that you do offer some webinars through CAF? Yes, historically, um, we've offered webinars. We've even done a few this past year, even with uh, safety legislation. That has always been an offering that we've done over the past few years, especially through COVID. And we will continue that going forward. We want safety conversations to happen in a timely manner with producers when they have some time or, you know, in the off season that they can hop on for even a quick 15, 20 minute update. We don't want these to be long and extensive, but we want them to be information sessions. So that is going to be and has been a key pillar of our outreach strategy at CAP. And if there's listeners who are interested in those, they would also be listed on the website. Is that correct? Absolutely. For any upcoming events, we will always put them in our event section at our cap.ca website. And we also would be posting them on our Farm Safe Manitoba website. We're also launching a podcast in the new year. And that is going to be really exciting for talking about all kinds of different aspects of agriculture and safety is going to be one of the episodes that we bring in. And uh, the real theme is what you do matters. 
And so being safe matters and it doesn't just matter to you, it matters to the public. They want to see that farmers are operating safely. And that's because they're our future employees. You know, one of the greatest barriers we have in agriculture right now is access to labor, our future truckers, future elevator employees, or working at food processing facilities. We need these people and that we need to make sure that they can see that farms are safe. So Maury, can you please outline the steps to better farm safety for us? Yeah, I think really the way to start is for everybody on the farm to have a conversation about it. I think that's the beginning. It's historically been something that farmers don't typically talk about. And so whether it's family or there are some hired workers as well, everybody sit down and just talk about it. What does it mean? What, what, what would they like to achieve? Everybody believes in safety, but if you don't actually initiate a conversation, it's difficult to understand what that really means. What are you going to do to change? We can't just keep hoping it'll all be safe. So start that conversation. My second step would be find out what legislation there is. And I know we're going to talk a little bit about that, but if you don't know what laws apply, how can you possibly be complying with them if you if you don't know what's out there? That's the way I would start is start the conversation, make it a normal topic, and then find out. Maybe you're already 50% of the way there. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're 100% of the way there. Start there. That would be my steps. And then I would think, Brenner alluded earlier to the fact that this is a, I always talk about it as this carousel, which I know Brenner kind of gets what I mean. There isn't a right place to start. I'm often asked that, well, where do you start? And honestly, my answer is you can start anywhere you like. So some people want to start with, systems or procedures or documents and other people want to start with well what's physically unsafe on my farm really doesn't matter you can start anywhere you like have a look at what you're up against have a talk about it and then just pick somewhere to start and I always think pick things that are achievable Mm -hmm. we all like quick wins and if you feel that you've accomplished something you're more likely to keep going with it rather than picking the one really hard topic that there doesn't seem to be a solution to because then we get bogged down with that one problem so Mm -hmm. get some easy wins that's great advice how often would you suggest that people have a safety conversation i would say probably once a week really and truly because it doesn't have to be very formal unless you have lots of employees when laws start talking about number of times we have meetings but on a family farm even just at the end of the week a chat how did it go this week did we have any of those whoops moments did it go really well just to I use the expression normalize the safety conversation and I do hear lots of the farms that I go out and work with do an awful lot of that, drive safe, be careful. I think it's really nice that people are taking the time to remind their family and that quick messaging, keep it going. And what considerations specifically for beef producers would you highlight with respect to improving safe work conditions? Well, some of the things that I've seen go wrong, perhaps on beef operations, Handling of cattle can be tricky. We all know that. Those of us with cows understand that the most quiet animal can suddenly not be. 
But sometimes people have known for a long time that a gate is coming off its hinges and we haven't quite got around to repairing it, things like that. And often with the beef producers, quite often I do see guards missing off machinery, gets beaten up a lot, They'll anything PTO driven. Guards have come off historically and then unfortunately they use it unguarded for many, many years without a problem until the day there is a problem. So I think sometimes just taking a look around and as farms have got larger and they're more likely to bring in hired workers, recognize that not everybody has the same experience either with the machinery or with those cattle and start some conversations with those people, people who are not farm aware. And I know this just from my own farming situation. We all get to learn what our partner or son or daughter is just about to do with that tractor. But if you're relatively new on that farm, you don't know what the normal procedure is for grabbing bales, whatever it might be. So again, back to those conversations, let's start talking about things and recognizing that farms are far more likely to have a hired person, even if they're only part time or helping out now and again than they ever were before. We don't have that many farms really now where it is always just members of the family. So talk to your new people. They may not have the same experience. Those of us that live on our farms, we see everything every day, but your employee doesn't. Think about those people too. That's a really good point. Moving more specifically to farm legislation and to the farm safety consultations, can you share what some of the current farm safety legislation is that you feel is important for all producers to be aware of? Yeah, the first point I would make, and even though I've been effectively doing this role here in Manitoba with different employers for many years now, I still believe there is a lack of understanding that the Workplace Safety and Health Act applies to all farms in Manitoba. It has done since the 1970s, but I meet producers all the time who have no understanding that that is the case. They truly still believe that if it's a family farm, they're exempt from any legislation. So no farm is exempt from legislation in this province. I think that's really crucial that people understand that. Now, the amount of the regulations that they would have to comply with does vary depending on are there any hired workers, number of hired workers, or is it truly family? But the basic Workplace Safety and Health Act and regulation applies to every single farm. So I think that's really key. I always try and stress that we haven't got any exemptions. And then the second point I would make is that, again, comes as a big surprise to a lot of our producers. The Workplace Safety and Health officers in this province have the right to carry out unannounced inspections on any farm in Manitoba. Their legislation says that any reasonable time, so we're talking normal working hours, as it were, although farms don't have normal working hours. And this one still comes as a big shock to producers. But in the recent last couple of years, I have seen those officers doing far more farm inspections than they used to do. So I think quite a lot of our producers are getting a surprise when somebody randomly is driving into the farmyard and saying, hello, I'm here to do an inspection. So I think it's good that people know that. And that's definitely something that they can talk to me about. What would that look like if they come to my farm? What will they do? What are they going to be looking for? So I, I like people to understand that part. Certainly if you hire workers as opposed to being family only, we've alluded to it with the resource section. 
you've got to keep quite a lot of safety records documentation if you've got hired employees we have to provide them with safety orientations training we have to be carrying out inspections so i think it's really important that people start to understand what those things are and one other piece of legislation that probably people should be aware of if you're going to hire somebody else's young person so not your own child if they are under the age of 16 if they are 13 14 or 15 that person has to have taken the Young Worker Readiness course on Safe Work Manitoba's website and provide their employer with a copy of their certificate. I don't think too many farms know that they need to be doing that. So I think it's good that they do know rather than getting caught out later. So I guess those on a high level, that would be my advice. I didn't really want to get into specific regulation because there are literally hundreds and hundreds of them apply on farms. I think that overview, that understanding, it does apply. Hopefully some people will then take the trouble to at least find out what does that mean. They can have a chat with me about it. They can go online and actually look at the act and regulation themselves. But just to understand that, yeah, it really does apply. Well, that's perfect because, like you said, that document is huge and the amount of legislation that there is surrounding it. <laughs> it it's a lot to go through and a lot to try and fit Absolutely. into a short podcast. And I will go through and find links to the Workplace Safety and Health Act and to Safe Work Manitoba and add both of those to the show notes as well. Through Farm Safe Manitoba, producers can access free farm safety consultations and they would be talking to you. Can you walk me through what that process looks like, what information producers can expect to gain from that and why this is so important? Okay, so I think the first thing is to say that really a consultation can be whatever a producer wants it to be. I think the word consultation makes it sound very formal and that there's a process. And in reality, that is not the case. It can be a phone call. It could be as simple as somebody wanting to call me and say, does this legislation really apply to me? It can be one or two quick safety questions over the phone. It might be an email that they send me where they're asking those same sort of questions, or maybe they're looking for some resources or some templates. And through process of some conversation, once I understand the size of their operation and what they're actually doing there, I can often provide them with resources that right now are not up on our website, but what would they find useful? It could be a virtual meeting. I work with quite a few farms now where their chosen method is virtual. We can do a Zoom meeting or a Teams meeting. And again, gives them an opportunity to ask questions. It gives me the opportunity to provide them with some training on how to complete some of this record keeping. It can be an in-person meeting. So that doesn't necessarily have to be on the farm. Um, it could be if they wanted it to be. It could be somewhere else. So if they had questions and wanted to meet me face to face, that's not a problem. It might be to provide some training specifically to the employer or perhaps to a safety representative. So I should explain that one really. Farms where there are more than five people work there, so that would include family members. Once that number gets to five, one of the workers has to be designated as a safety representative. And of course, they're gonna need some training because most farm workers are not experts in safety. So they would have this new title. I can certainly provide training to those people by any of the methods we've just talked about. It might be 
any of those methods to talk about and help them with improvement orders they may have received from a workplace safety officer if they have had an inspection on their farm. I do get quite a lot of requests for assistance of how do I comply with this? And then the kind of the last point is the one that most people's brain goes to first is I could go do a walk around of their farm or part of their farm with them. And when I do that, we can look at it in two ways. I'm looking for unsafe conditions, as in things that I know have caused incidents previously on a farm and are non-compliant issues. So some people treat it as kind of a mock workplace safety inspection. And when I do those walkarounds that people want, it's entirely up to the farm owner whether they wanted me to take notes or they want to take their own notes. There's no set checklist. I'm not filling anything in. Entirely up to them. So some farmers like me to take notes and then send them a report of what I saw. Other farmers don't want me to write anything down and that's okay too. It's for their benefit, not mine. So whichever they, way they want to do it. And then farms can have multiple consultations, if you like. So I often refer to farms that I work with. Some of those farms, I've been working with them for 10 or more years. And they maybe do a little bit of safety each year, or they maybe want a different bit of training every year. There's no limit at this point in time on how many times a person can get safety assistance. So when we talked about baby steps, quick wins, absolutely fine if somebody only wants to do a couple of things and then they don't want to do anything else for another year that's up to them so yeah they can make use of any of these methods some farms make use of all of these methods <laughs> so yeah a consultation is anything they want it to be really that's perfect there's lots of options and i said this in the question but i just want to make sure that it is accurate those are at no cost to the producer right absolutely no cost to the producer what a great service are consultations confidential? Yes. So my role is to assist producers in their understanding of safety, any goals they have to improve their own safety. I don't disclose what I see on a farm in any manner. I'm not keeping records. CAP are not keeping a great big database of who had what missing on their farms. It is for that producer's benefit. It's not for anybody else's benefit. That's really good to know. And I think sometimes that might be the thing that stops people is that concern of, oh, but what if they come out and look at something on the farm and there is something that's unsafe? Am I going to get in trouble or am I going to be reported? So that's that's really good to know. Absolutely. It's, you know, I don't follow up with people. It's not my role to make sure that they do things. That's up to them. And what are some tips or tricks that you would have to sustaining farm safety? So I think involving as many people as possible on the farm. Now, some of our farms are so big in terms of employees now that it's almost impossible to involve everybody, but involve lots of people so that one person doesn't just feel bogged down with the whole thing and think nobody's listening to them. I mentioned before, but regularly talking about safety keeps it in people's minds. And really foster a culture where nobody is afraid or ashamed to talk about safety concerns. I think that's really important because Brenda talked earlier about shame factor when an incident has occurred. But I think there's also embarrassment amongst farm workers often. They don't want to say that they think something's unsafe because nobody else is saying it. So they don't want to because they might look foolish. And it, But I think we really want people to say 
So make it an environment where people feel it's okay to do that. I definitely re recommend that if there is one of those close calls, near misses, whoops, whatever we want to call them, that everybody that was there talks about it as soon as possible after it happened, but talks about it in a proactive manner as to how did that happen? What could the outcome have been? And what can we do to stop it happening again? We should all be learning. Now, farmers love to share those near miss stories, but I don't think that they necessarily all learn from each other. And I think, I believe we could. So I think people should talk about them in a proactive manner. I think we have to make it easy for people to do safety. So things like personal protective equipment, whether that's safety glasses, gloves, whatever, if they're not readily available, nobody's doing it. If you have to go and hunt for something, nobody's going to do it. So let's make that part of the normal that we always remember to be stocking up on things and reminding each other, hey, where's your safety glasses? Where's your dust mask? It doesn't take long. But if people have to go rummaging around to find it, they're not going to do it. I definitely advocate for putting up a safety notice board somewhere where everybody can see it. Often on a farm, it's going to be in the workshop. And keep that notice board up to date. Now, by law, there's some things that should be on it. Those farms that have hired workers, there are things that need to be on there. So certainly in our resources that we're creating, there are going to be templates for those kind of things. But it's also a good reminder to people, because if they constantly have to keep walking past something that says safety, it's another reminder. Do a safety orientation with your new workers. By law, we have to do that anyway, but let's make it a really good habit. And I think most farmers are good at doing that in the sense that they do typically show people around and they say things, but it, that's one of those other pieces of legislation. It's very specific what has to be in that safety orientation and we have to keep a record of it. So that's something I can definitely help producers learn what needs to be in that. How do you record it? And then my last handy hint would be for farm owners and their families, demonstrate good safety behavior. Don't rely on the do as I say, not as I do system. It doesn't work. If the owner does something unsafely, even if they told the workers not to, those workers are going to mirror the behavior. So we have to learn to model good safety behavior. So that would be my last hint. Those are all really great hints. Where can producers go for more information? We've kind of mentioned the website already. Or who can they contact if they would like to book a consultation? Oh, yeah, they can get hold of me either directly. So they can call me, email me. If they can't find my information, if they go to CAP's website, it is on there. It's also on the FarmSafe Manitoba website. On the FarmSafe Manitoba website, there's an even quicker method. There's a contact us box. They can just click on there and that message comes straight through to me. So they can do that any way they like. And if in doubt, just phone the CAP office and they will put anybody in touch with me. Perfect. And can you share your email address? And then that way I can have it both in the podcast recording itself and I can add Absolutely. it into the show notes. So it's, it's morag.majerison at cap.ca. And I will put the spelling of that right into the show notes. Perfect. <laughs> Is there anything else that you wanted to share before we wrapped up today? First of all, this has been a fantastic conversation. I think it's so great to be here with you today. And I think you are also a trusted source for information. And Morag and I were just happy to sit here and have the conversation. And uh, we're also learning this process too. 
And that I think is the leaving thought for the producers or other industry stakeholders listening to this is that if you have ideas or if there's things that you're interested in seeing, let us know, contact us, go to the CAP website, my email at Brenna, so B-R-E-N-N-A dot Mahoney, M-A-H-O-N-E-Y at cap.ca. Send us a line. We want to hear from you. We recognize that there's concerns when it comes to safety and oversight, but we are your tool. We are your resource. And the people who are also representing you, like the other crop groups, the livestock groups, we are working with them and they are at the table and so are producers. So don't forget that this is your tool in the toolbox. Use it. And if there's something that you're not seeing, let us know. But uh, most importantly, just want to know that this is a growing, evolving process. And it really is as a service to our producers to make their lives easier, simplified, and uh, create resources for them for a sustainable future. The other thing I would say is that I really have no problem in helping people just with those one or two questions. Again, it comes back, they often don't want to ask and really you know that's what I do and so if people have a question even if it sounds silly hey let me know I will try and help them I really believe that many many of our farmers are so passionate themselves about people not getting hurt but it's just not always translating into that what we could do to make things slightly better so yeah normalize safety on your farm find out what you're supposed to be doing and I'm here to help them I really like that. I think just that normalizing that conversation and not just between your employees and your farm management, but between farm management and you or other resources Mm -hmm. that they can go to. And I think you're so much better to ask a question, even if you feel like it's a silly question than you are to not ask the question and then have something happen because that question wasn't asked. So absolutely. For sure. Thank you so much for taking your time today to meet with me. There's a ton of information and we've just kind of scratched the surface on it, but it sounds like there's some really great resources that are available and more that are coming. And I think that that's going to be really great for listeners to be able to access those. So thank you. Thank you for inviting me to talk to your listeners. Sharing the safety message is really important. It's very important. Thank you. The research programs and daily operations at MBFI would not be possible without funding from the province of Manitoba Government of Canada, and Canadian Agricultural Partnership, as well as partnership with Manitoba Agriculture, Manitoba Beef Producers, Ducks Unlimited Canada, and the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Beef and Forage Roundup. For more information on the on-farm projects or upcoming extension events, please visit us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at mbbeefandforage. For full project reports and more information about MBFI, please visit our website, mbfi.ca. If you have feedback on the show, questions about content, are interested in becoming a project supporter, or want to submit a proposal for a research project topic, please email information at mbfi.ca. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to ensure you don't miss an upcoming episode. We've got lots to share.